This is mass madness, you maniacs! Rooted revelation. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. It is February 6th, Tuesday. So let's be clear with this fucking border bill. It's not a border bill. It's a war bill with funding for Ukraine who was attacked because of NATO encroachment and the threat of NATO encroachment. So not that I'm a Russophile, Um, But Russia was trying to preserve their strategic territorial integrity. And so we're just funding funding millions of dollars uh, into the Ukraine war, which is destroying the country and a whole generation of young men there. And this bill also gives money to continue the war on Gaza, which is destroying that country, if you want to call it a country, a Palestinian state of sorts, and destroying a generation of young men there. That's what this bill is. Now, the bill was going to be a compromise by throwing a bone to Republicans who wanted to close the border. Border security bill. Well, it's not border security. Um, What it does is legalize illegal immigration. I got more news on the encroaching technocracy coming up. And the appeals court rules Trump not immune for prosecution for acts he committed in office, um, which is, this is untrue, basically. So I just want to make that clear. Still trying to get get the hang of this live stream thing so bear with me so um why don't we just get into the headlines here um for for starters So starting out, starting out in the headlines here, um, this is from the New York Times. GOP backlash to border deal reflects vanishing ground for compromise. Republicans demand a border crackdown, but have rejected bipartisan plan to impose one, underscoring the intractable politics of the issue in an election year. And I just have to say that that's not the case. Um, if you didn't know, um, the Republicans, do, uh, the comp- I understand that legislation has to be a compromise. And the compromise was, if you want, if the Uniparty, the neocons and the Democrats want all this money to wage war, nearly a billion dollars, I should say that, nearly a hundred billion dollars, excuse me. And they go on to say that Republicans demanded a border crackdown, but have rejected a bipartisan plan to impose one. It doesn't impose one. It legalizes what they've already been doing makes it illegal immigration, legal in some cases, allowing for thousands of illegal asylum seekers to cross the border each day. 
So I'm going to go on to this story uh, from the New York Times from Annie Carney. Republicans in Congress who have spent months demanding that any aid to Ukraine be paired with a crackdown against migration into the United States got what they asked for with a bipartisan group of senators released a 118 0.3 billion agreement that would provide both. On Monday, many of them rejected it anyway. Of course they rejected it because it doesn't stop illegal immigration. It wasn't a crackdown on illegal immigration and it's not migration into the United States. It's illegal immigration into the United States. People here like migrants, legal migrants, and you want to allow more people into the country legally, there's, an, there's certainly another way to do it, not basic, basically codifying what's already been happening on the border there. going to move on to some other headlines, though. This is from the AP. Border bill supporters combat misleading claims that it would let in more migrants. Now, you just have to go you have to pay attention to that headline, of course, from the AP, is that we don't care if it let it doesn't let in more migrants. That's what the, um, they do by putting out these headlines which are mischaracterizing the argument. And the argument is it's not the fact that it lets in more migrants illegally. That's not the fact it's allowing the stream or the flow of illegal immigration to continue. That's the whole point. I mean, I don't understand why people don't seem to recognize that, that that's the point, is that this doesn't do anything to stop illegal immigration. It's not a crackdown on illegal immigration. They just want $20 billion to help facilitate uh, the people coming into this country illegally and then placing them whatever. And and they talk about, all they talk about this deportion, uh, deportation that's going on and that's going to occur, I haven't seen any indication that anybody is being deported or I don't believe the lying Democrats or anybody else that is selling this bill that that would ever occur. So moving on to the Daily Mail here, Republicans at war over 118 billion border bill. The, billion, the $118 billion border bill, <laughs> I just have to interject here, is that it's not a $118 billion border bill. It's just like when they call the Patriot Act the Patriot Act or the Inflation Reduction Act the Inflation Reduction Act. It's not an Inflation Reduction Act. It's not a border bill. Only a small percentage of the money, let's see, it's, you know, less than a, a third, maybe a quarter, less than a quarter, less than a fifth, maybe a sixth goes to securing the border. It's not what it is. It's not a border bill. It's a war funding bill. So for any of you liberals that may be listening to this, you have to understand it's nearly $100 billion going to the destruction of Gaza and Ukraine. So as much as you don't like Putin or don't like, you know, Netanyahu or, or whatever, or if you people on the right um, or people in the Jewish community want to get rid of Gaza, got to understand is that all this money is taxpayer money that's borrowed, and lest I remind you that how much we're in debt and that our debt service is uh, close to a trillion dollars, more than what we spend 
on national defense. So I'm going to go back to this article here. The border, uh, the headline here with the Daily Mail goes on to say, Mitch McConnell faces fury over new law that would shut down border if crossings reach 5,000 a day and ends catch and release. As GOP colleagues say, it's it's even worse than expected. This is true. Um, it's, It's not that shutting down the president of the United States and the United States as a sovereign country has the power to close not necessarily ports of entry, but can stop illegal crossers at any time. There's no law, there's no right of illegal immigrants to cross the border. There's a, they can stop that at any time. They just have to enforce that. They turn people away. They catch them and, and send them back to Mexico. They want to, their deportation, they want to fly them at taxpayer expense all the way back to Honduras or Venezuela or wherever they come from, China, um, Russia. They should just be sent back across the uh, Mexican border and then Mexico wouldn't allow these people to go through the country to our border. This has been facilitated by NGOs in the UN. So realistically, this has, you know, this has nothing to do with illegal immigration uh, in between uh, ent- migration entry ports, border uh, gates, if you will, the points of entry into the United States, illegal points of entry. This has nothing to do with that. It's within the law to turn back or to stop people from crossing the border. It's simple as that. Let's go on to some other headlines here. This is from Newsweek. I patch McCain, Dan Crenshaw, rebukes fellow Republicans' efforts to sabotage border bill. The reasoning behind this is he is, well, if you don't know, he's sheep-dipped uh, intelligence operative that is there to facilitate the uniparty neocon agenda. He's not a Republican. He's certainly not MAGA, and that he's supposed to be some swashbuckling um, ex you know, some swashbuckling veteran that people are supposed to listen to. Nobody, that kind of argument falls on deaf ears. People are starting to read legislation, to look at what the legislation contains, what it really does, what it really means. And this is what I tell people constantly. It's not what something is, is what it means. What in the end translates, or should I say how it would affect your life in particular, or the goings-on within the sovereign nation-state of the United States. That's the problem. And the truth of the matter being, this is from Reuters, U.S. Senate unveils a $118 billion bill on border security. They put that up front, even though it's only a fifth or a sixth of the aid of the bill. Aid for Ukraine, Israel, and they say aid. What the hell do they mean by aid? It's like aid, like they're sending rice and flour for all the starving people in Ukraine and Israel. That's not what it is at all. It's not aid, it's military aid, which is basically 
helping to uh, helping to foster a war. So that's exactly what it is. Going on with the story, in addition to uh, $20.23 billion for border security, the bill included $60 billion to support Ukraine in its war with Russia, $14 billion in security assistance for Israel war, $2.4 billion to U.S. Central Command and the conflict in the Red Sea, which is prosecuting war, which is prosecuting war against the Houthis and Iran. So more war. Let's go on to the story. 4.8, so it's 5 billion to support U.S. partners in the Indo-Pacific facing aggression from China. War, whether justifiable or not. And this is all from Patty Murray, who chairs the Senate's Appropriation Committee, because this is all going to have to go through uh, appropriation. So you see, it's a war package. I thought it was unbundled. I didn't understand that the Senate, uh, being as it is, is going to put together this legislation which codifies illegal immigration so it's no, you're not throwing a bone to MAGA or a constitutionalist, nationalist. So they're not even getting their bone in an effort to... um, prosecute a war against a formidable nuclear-armed enemy, Russia, which is grinding down a a generation of Ukrainian young men. They basically, Ukraine has lost the war. Um, I don't even know if they really had the will to fight a superpower like Ukraine. Now, Ukraine is not Iraq. You know, Ukraine isn't even Iran. You, excuse me. I should say Russia is not Iraq. They're not, they're a formidable fighting force. Anybody will tell you. As much as people are geared up to fight Russians, um, you're going to go there and die. So, you know, maybe a lot of Russians have been killed. Good for you. If if that's what you want to send U.S. tax, and it's not even U.S. tax dollars. It's borrowing against your children's future. And basically all the money that goes to service the debt is going to the bankers. The bankers are what control all those, what's going on here. And who do you think foments U.S. foreign policy? Well, it's the Council of Foreign Relations. Well, who controls Council of Foreign Relations? It's the bankers. Well, really, you know, it's other elite groups, Bilderberg Group, the WEF, uh, but above that are all the bankers. Let's go on to some other headlines, though. The Epic Times, thousands gather for prayer and protests that take our border back rallies, convoys from the Epic Times. More than 2,500 protesters outraged over the lax border security gathered in prayer and po- protest in three border states over the weekend. That's good. Good for them. Um, I don't I don't have a problem with, with that. Uh, a lot of people avoided this because of what happened to the Canadian truckers and what happened on January 6th. Nobody wants to have a visit from the feds and then be taken away in handcuffs and languish in jail as a political prisoner for months or years and have your life ruined. Um, But people did it, and good for them, and I applaud them in every sense. 
Going back to the headlines, Fox News, Bidenomics falls flat with voters as Trump takes huge lead in new poll. Trump leads Biden over five percentage points. This is from Fox. So that doesn't surprise me either that Fox is putting up this headline. It is a, a real poll and realistically, there's some bump for Biden with suburban women because of the E. Jean Carroll thing. And I think that's why Trump might go for a VP pick of Christy Nome because she might have a better influence on those voters he's losing. But with minority voters in urban areas, he's gaining. Um, he was supposed to win in 2020, which he did because instead of 9% of, of blacks, which usually Republicans court about 9% of the black community, uh, Trump got over 12 in 2020 and he still lost, so he should have won. Now it's 15 approaching 20% of black voters supporting Trump, 43% of Hispanic voters supporting Trump. So we'll have to see about that. So I'm trying to get this scene switcher going because I'm not, <laughs> it's not switching when I, when, I, when I click it over. So, well, that's the case, is that Trump is leading in all demographics. He's lost a couple points with suburban women because of the E. Jean Carroll thing. So um, let's move on to other headlines. Russia, uh, China and Russia discuss outer space security and AI weapons and chilling threat to U.S. Talks between Beijing and Moscow. Officials took place last, oh, who's this from? I don't know who this, uh, is this from Express? Talks between Beijing and Moscow officials took place last Thursday and they agreed to consult and coordinate with each other when it comes to the use of AI in their armed forces. If you didn't know that China is the leading is leading in AI uh, weapons development, the Russian foreign minister said that the officials had a detailed exchange of assessments of their use of AI technology. So there you go. Um, the alliance in the world war is forming up. And it's a critical alliance because what we never wanted to happen, the United States and the West, is for Russia and China to team up because together uh, they're an overwhelming opponent, let's just say, overwhelming. Um, I, could they beat the West? Hard to say, but they're more overwhelming than just toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe against China, perhaps. So it is forming up to be World War III. And what does the Biden administration do? They keep on poking the bear. And others poking Iran, un unwinding the turban, knocking the turban off. Um, so let's go to other headlines. Daily Beast, why some insiders fear that this is, this is the year North Korea will fire nukes. North Korea's Ch uh, Kim Jong-un is mounting a blitzkrieg of weapons, tests, and rhetoric. His goal to convince both his own people and his enemies that he will risk a second Korean war to reunite North and South Korea under one-man rule, buoyed by his relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Actually, the, the, the reality of this is that North Korea is a client state of communist China, not of Russia. It is, they conflate, the Daily Beast conflates the geopolitical ties within all of this. North Korea has always been a client state of Russia. It's actually, excuse me, of, of communist China. 
North Korea has, and that if you look at the communist rule of North Korea, that's the most extreme communist rule, um, other than maybe Pol, what Pol Pot had in Cambodia. And it is the most extreme, and it's some, one of the most closed societies, even more closed than the Chinese. So it's really Maoism at its most extreme in North Korea. But North Korea, don't forget, is a client state of China. So all the saber rattling and rhetoric should be viewed as coming from China. So if North Korea fires missiles, it's really a test or a provocation from China. And although diplomatically you can't look at it that way, um, you should absolutely consider that when looking at tests from North Korea. It's not just one lone lunatic of Kim Jong-un. It is a communist experiment conducted by the CCP, and the CCP is a communist experiment conducted by the global elite, if you didn't know. Moving on to the headlines. El Salvador's Bukele re-elected as president in a landslide win. This is from Reuters. AFP, El Salvador's Bukele claims record re-election victory. In a victory speech given to a cheering flag-waving crowd from the balcony of the National Palace before final official results were announced, Bukele claimed his win represented the biggest difference between first and second place in the history of a democratic presidential election anywhere. That could very well be the case. Hard, hard to say, but he is a... Uh, El Salvadoran nationalist. Uh, that doesn't mean he's completely right wing, uh, but he's obviously right of center. But he cleaned up the gang influence, which was controlling the company, uh, country, the company of the country. And if you didn't know that uh, illegal crime syndicates are controlled by the left, for the most part, that's not. I don't want to generalize too much, but for the most part, they are. Moving on to other headlines, Wall Street Journal and Randback groups continue to target American bases as U.S. plans further strikes. U.S. airstrikes fail to deter Iran's allies as Iraqi militias target base in Syria. The, uh, Biden telegraphed the airstrikes. So the militias went and took all their weaponry and their munitions and hood, hid them all in a hole waited for the strikes, and then came back out and started to attack. Everybody knows that this wouldn't have any or much effect. I'm going to move into some technical news now. Can AI unlock the secrets of an ancient world? Almost 2,000 years ago, a volcano preserved the Her Herculeum, Herculeanum's vast library of scrolls, but left them unreadable. Excuse me for my mispronunciation. But the point of this story is some of these texts could completely rewrite history at key periods of the ancient world. This, this is the society from which the modern Western world is descended, which is true, and that's important. Like if you've ever dug around in JSTOR, and that's why JSTOR is so important, to really understand the world, you need to read. You need to read texts of all different sorts and all different sources, to find out what the ancient world, what the history is really like, and how we came to be where we're, we are today. That's why uh, when Aaron Schwartz was trying to make JSTOR public, uh, the establishment didn't really like that. Because if you dig it, first of all, you can subscribe to JSTOR, but even then, 
their gates that you that you can't go so far as to unlock some of the text that really will spell out the truth for for a lot of people. Vice reports Apple Vision Pro turned the real world into a black mirror episode overnight. This is just dystopic future. They're trying to get you, just like when Facebook or Meta tried to get you into the metaverse, Zuckerberg did. Nobody cares about that. People like the real world. People like, you know, maybe some people that are depressed with their lives, but if you have a full life, why do you want to wear the internet over your face all day long? Nobody really wants to do that. You know, why go to a a virtual bar and drink fake drinks when you can go to a real bar? Why meet virtual women when you can go meet real women? Why do virtual X if, you know, if you want to play things that you can't do in real life, like shoot guns at other people, you know, play video games, play a, a first person shooter. I mean, if that's your thing. I think more as a training exercise, perhaps, you know, to train, but I don't think you should ever want to go do that. But obviously you can't do that in real life, so maybe you could do that virtually. But things you do in real life, just go do them. Why go into a virtual world? Or why wear the, you know, we have enough screen time as it is, why wear the thing over your face? That's like people that are constantly have the phone over their mug, constantly. It's like, get get away, put that in the drawer, turn it off. It has terrible repercussions for you. Telling you that, especially social media. Any young people listening, you should know that. The Atlantic reports and Meet Me in the Eternal City, this is basically about, um, it's basically about the Silicon Valley types, the technocrats, what they, the vision they have, we all knew we were moving back to uh, a city-state, a non-sovereign city-state, which will be controlled by uh, global governance. And so the technocrats are developing what those smart cities, those city-states would look like. And so the Atlantic spells it out, and I'll just read a little bit from it, Obviously, if you're a Democrat, you'll understand that it's going to be an authoritarian global government uh, ruled through technocracy. These projects are pitched with a sense of grandiosity and grievance. The twisted bureaucracy of a democratic governance is constraining humanity, they say. Decades ago, we went to the moon. Why don't we have flying cars? Centuries ago, we praised frontiersmen and pioneers. Why are they vilified now? Why all this disdain for doers and the builders? Why all this red tape in the way of the best and the brightest? So they say. I'll just show you that article here because I don't think it it went over. So that's the whole thing. Uh, The twisted bureaucracy of democratic governance is constraining humanity. And that's what they always say. All of the elites say it's like herding cats, the democratic process. It's the only thing that's fair. You know, if you give everybody a voice, that's what democracy is supposed to be. All right, I got to move a little bit quicker now. Chicago Tribune, Illinois town's use of drone and arrest as part of a debate on how on the use of unmanned crafts, like I said, the technocracy is taken over. Uh, drones will be the first one. Obviously, 
Business Insider India, more automakers are being forced to rethink their EV plans. Lexington, Kentucky, um, WKYT, doctors warn more young people are having heart attacks. Well, we know this is why. They try to say it's been happening for five or 10 years. I haven't known people with heart problems for nine or 10 years. For people under 40, heart health often isn't at the front forefront of their minds. However, the American College of Cardiology says an increasing number of people in this age group are having heart attacks. More headlines from Axios. Trump floats ousting RNC chair after brutal 2023. That goes without that goes without saying. Um, Rona McDaniel should have been ousted long ago. She is in league with Mitch McConnell trying to make MAGA candidates lose. Um, there should have been, other people should have been elected there, obviously. A little bit into um, what the King's diagnosis means. If you didn't know, King Charles is diagnosed with cancer. William and Harry and other royals. Um, as I said previously, is King Charles abdicating? Royals who can step in for monarch during cancer treatment. Um, what I said previously is that I think that uh, King Charles uh, had his sperm taken and he impregnated um, William's wife uh, because I think he wanted an heir that didn't have anything to do with Diana um, because they were at the hospital at the same time doing things below the waist, I imagine. Um, so we don't really know what is going on there, but the king isn't abdicating. Um, but I think he did some funny business. So look for Kate to be uh, with child within the uh, coming months, and it's going to be King Charles's child. So, and I don't know what's going to happen to the other heirs to the throne because it is William, then Harry, then William's children. I'm not sure how it goes, or is it William and then his children? Um, hard to say. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I just, that's my belief that I think uh, Charles impregnated Kate. Now, I don't think they had sex. I think it was done um, surgically. Here's some other headlines. New York Post, Trump is not immune for prosecution in his 2020 election interference case. U.S. appeals court say, you are immune. If you're president, you're immune for prose criminal prosecution for the acts you take as president. You can be removed from office, you can be impeached, um, but you can't be criminal pros criminally prosecuted. If you do things after you leave office, sure, you can be criminally prosecuted. Or can you be criminally prosecuted for things you did before you were in office, like with the E. Jean Carroll? Sure. But you can't be prosecuted for what you did while you were president that because presidents are, are going to be tied down by that or the threat of that very likely. And I'm going to close out here with an article from the BBC, reggae icon, Asti family man, Barrett, Bob Marley bassist dies. Um, he wasn't that old. I, w I was a big fan. Uh, I actually got to meet him. He was super duper friendly. Um, you know, he gave me an autograph and I'm not an autograph guy, but I'm a big fan of, of music and reggae music and obviously Bob Marley and the Whalers. And um, I was a big fan of the, uh, the Whalers as a standalone group as well and saw him 
got to meet him and go in the green room, which was great. He was very friendly, even gave me a hug, which I wasn't really prepared for, but it was cool. Um, so my tributes, uh, big up to family man Barrett and uh, peace out with that or with uh, to him, I suppose you could say. And just, we're going to move on now to, I think we're just going to close it out here. I think that was the last story. We're still getting a hang of this live thing. It's, uh, it is what it is. But I think that's it. We're going to try to get Perry on the line tonight. Um, so stay tuned for that. Tuesdays with Perry. I think it's episode 68, 68 or 69. We tried a live episode and I got the numbers confused. So I think it's. 68 officially so stay tuned for that we'll be discussing the border bill actually which isn't the border bill and Mitch McConnell and Patch McCain and um, and the border you know Perry's Jewish so we're going to talk about what he thinks about the extra 20 billion dollars being sent to Israel to prosecute the war I uh, had a little uh, digital hang up there something fucked up all right that's it for me thanks for joining me uh don't forget to like subscribe leave a comment share the podcast see you tomorrow